Well, we're now a couple days out from the disaster that was Washington, D.C. on January the 6th, the day that the Senate was to affirm that Joe Biden is going to be the next president of the United States. We all know the details. I don't have to remind you, I hope, of the, the mob that attacked the Senate and did a lot of damage, killed a police officer, etc., etc. In the wake of that, some interesting things have developed. Now, one of the groups that was probably involved in the melee at the Senate was a group called the Proud Boys. Now, this is a largely U.S. group, although it does have representatives here in Canada. And in fact, the Proud Boys was created by a Canadian, a guy called Gavin McInnes, way back in 2016. Now, they're a typical white supremacist, white nationalist group, uh, like far too many groups that exist in the Western world. I don't know of any white supremacist groups in Afghanistan, for example. And there's a big debate on now about what to do with these guys. Clearly, uh, some of them are, are terrorist groups. There's no question about that. And although it's a big field, and I think the debate is still going on about how to actually label these things. Well, in the wake of the attack in Washington on the 6th of January, the leader of the New Democratic Party in Canada, Jagmeet Singh, put out a tweet in which he, and I quote, Yesterday was an act of domestic terrorism. The Proud Boys helped execute it. Their founder is Canadian. They operate in Canada right now. And I am calling for them to be designated as a terrorist organization immediately. Now, what is he actually asking for? Well, in Canada, like in a lot of Western nations, we have what are called Listed Terrorist Entities Group. This is uh, in Canada, run by Public Safety Canada. I'll get back to that in a second. And it is essentially a list of organizations or groups that are seen or labeled as terrorist groups. Now, in response to Mr. Singh's tweet, the Canadian Minister of uh, Public Safety, Bill Blair, who used to be the Chief of Toronto Police, came back with this. We're very mindful of ideologically motivated violent extremists, including groups like the Proud Boys. They are white supremacists, anti-Semitics, Islamophobic, misogynist groups. They're all hateful, they're all dangerous. We're working very diligently to ensure that where the evidence is available, where we have the intelligence, that we will deal appropriately with those organizations. He went on to say that in fact, yes, the Canadian government is looking at listing the Proud Boys as one of these entities. As of early January 2021, there's about 50 odd groups on this list and you can find the list at Public Safety Canada. I'll put a link into this podcast. The simple question I want to ask is, what's the point of listing terrorist groups? Full disclosure, when the terrorist listing process began in the wake of 9-11, 20 years ago now almost, my God, has it been that long? I was one of the earliest people that actually had to write a terrorist listing. True story. Fun fact, as my son says, I wrote the first Al-Qaeda terrorist listing back in 2002 when I was with the Canadian Security Intelligence Service. And we were asked to write summaries of what a group was, what it stood for, and why it should be qualified as, or categorized rather, as a terrorist group. Here's the catch. We had to use open source information only because this was a public document. In other words, all the intelligence that I had access to about Al-Qaeda as a terrorist organization, I could not use in my summary document. It had to be open source, which strikes me as ridiculous, but that's a whole other issue. I simply want to ask the question, 
what is the point of having a terrorist listing? I'm not questioning whether the Proud Boys should be out of the list. Last year, or was it two years ago, Canada listed for the first time two what we would call white supremacist or white nationalist groups, Combat 18 and Blood and Honor, which if memory serves me correct, are actually kind of tied, joined at the hip. So it's not as if all the groups in the listing are Islamist extremists, although the vast majority are. But there are some Sikh extremist groups. Uh, Om Shundikyo is still on the list, even though it's done diddly squat since the 1990s in Japan. And it was felt that we should add some some white supremacist groups, white nationalist groups, to make it look less Muslim, I guess is what the, what the politicians were thinking. So if you can add groups like that, Proud Boys, sure, let's put them on the list. To what end? I would submit to you, this is purely my personal opinion, that the listings process is purely political in nature. Now, some people have informed me that in fact there is a usefulness to the listing process. Meaning that if, if you list Group A, and they can be demonstrated you're part of Group A, you can be denied all kinds of things. Denied uh, membership in the Canadian military. You can be denied certain financing. You can be denied entry to Canada if you're a foreigner, etc., etc. And it seems to me that the greatest use of this particular listing is in fact within the terrorism financing part of what Canada does to counter terrorism. That's what one friend told me a couple of months ago. However, you cannot deny there's a lot of politics behind this. We've known about the Proud Boys for a very long time in Canada. Why did it take till January the 7th or January the 8th of 2021 for the minister to say, yeah, we'll look at listing them? Why not a month ago? Why not six months ago? Why not three years ago? Why not four or five years ago when the group was created in Canada? Well, this is clearly a reaction to what happened in Washington, D.C. last Wednesday. It is politics. And I'll give you another example. A couple years ago, I think it was 2012 or so, the Harper government, the previous conservative government, decided to delist the Mujahideen de Khalq, also known as the People's Mujahideen of Iran terrorist organization. Why? I don't know. I was at CSIS at the time and I was scratching my head as to why the MEK, as we call them, was being taken off the list. They sure as hell didn't stop terrorism. It was a purely a political move at the time because other countries had done so. CAD decided to follow suit. Canada follows suit in many ways, and in many, in many forms, by the way, to lots of things that its allies do. I don't think the listing process really is a formidable or necessary counter-terrorism tool, even if I accept that in some cases it may prove useful. Two things. The first problem is, let's say we, we list Proud Boys as a terrorist organization. So being a member is now illegal. How do you prove membership? Do people have cards? Are there membership cards? Do they all wear the same clothing? Do they have the same hand signs? The same vocal, I don't know, uh, utter, utter, utterances that show that they're proud boys? How do you prove you're a member of Al-Qaeda? How do you prove you're a member of Islamic State? Well, the ISIS guys are stupid because they usually have an ISIS flag somewhere in a photo on Facebook or Instagram. And usually the flag is upside down, by the way, which shows how stupid these guys are. But membership is going to be really, really hard to prove. Secondly, in counterterrorism, I can tell you most assuredly, we didn't look at the terrorist lists. We didn't care who was on the entities list. We did our jobs 
Encourseware mandates or counterterrorism mandates, irrespective of whether there's a list. The list only dates from 2002. My colleagues at CSIS were doing counterterrorism well before the terrorism listings came out. So the absence of a list didn't affect our counterterrorism investigations. The presence of a list does not affect their counterterrorism investigations. I just think there's an awful lot of politics to this process. And I don't necessarily think that adding the Proud Boys is going to make investigations of the Proud Boys any easier or any more efficient. We could get rid of the listings process tomorrow and it wouldn't have, make one iota of difference on how we do counterterrorism in Canada. Well, anyway, that's the way that I look at things. Before I leave, of course, I'm going to leave you with the Hardy Boys wisdom, as I do with every Quick Hits podcast. This particular one comes from The House on the Cliff. What a great name for a Hardy Boys novel. I'm sure there was a movie like that, wasn't it? Or even a song. Or maybe that's a different song. Anyhow, here's your Hardy Boys advice. Bring your chums along when investigating a dangerous place because there's safety in numbers. So any of you doing counterterrorism investigations, don't go on your own. Bring your chums along. You'll be safer. That's it for this podcast. I'd love to hear what you think about the listings process, about my views on it. You can reach me on email, borealisrisk at gmail.com or on Twitter at borealisaves. You'll also find me on LinkedIn and on Facebook. Why not subscribe while you're at it to Borealis content? Go to my website, borealisthreatenrisk.com. Hit the subscribe button, put in your email address. You'll automatically get all the content, blogs and podcasts to your inbox every day. And just for subscribers only, you'll get material that nobody else gets. So you're special. You'll get stuff that only you're going to be able to see. Why don't you drop me a line? I'd love to hear what you think of this. I'll talk to you again soon. Until then, stay safe.